Turn in your Bible to the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 8 through 10. When she sang that song, I thought about the psalm for this morning from Psalm 145. He just keeps saying, I'm going to praise the Lord for the redemption and the salvation of God that I have received because God is who God is. He said in Psalm 145, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in loving kindness. And I am redeemed today. Can you say amen that you're redeemed also? I am redeemed today and carry the name Christian because of the name of Jesus Christ. And I have a story to tell the nations because I have been redeemed by God's amazing grace. And today I want to speak about, as we look in this series, all about God, God's amazing grace today. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, I hope is a familiar passage for you. Um, it's one that we've memorized through the years in our teaching the plan of salvation to others. But it simply says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Will you bow with me as we pray? Our Father and our God, we thank you and praise you for your word. We praise you, O Lord, that we have received redemption. We have been transformed. We have been bought back from death and destruction and hell because of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave his life on the cross for our sins. Jesus, who is the grace of God, grace and truth revealed to us of the Lord our God. And we ask, Father, you'll help us to understand and appreciate again and tell everyone we know about God's amazing grace as we review it in this message today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, there's only two points to this three-hour sermon today. So as we get started, I want to share with you the two things we want to try to take home today as we think about the amazing grace of God. Before we go, I just can't drop from my mind this light ministries that you saw uh, in eastern Kentucky. I've been there a couple of years ago. We were there uh, helping construct the little houses that you saw, those little miniature homes. They're in a circle, and their, their goal, these are down in the holler like in a flat where a creek runs through down there. And uh, the hope is to have about 20 of those built. Now, I know nothing about construction, and so my part was to pray and stay out of the way. But um, uh, I went and learned to put a doorknob on one of those houses. So one of those houses got a doorknob on it that I put on there. But I'm here to tell you it's an amazing work of God's amazing grace, uh, how God has taken the lives. You know, drugs is destroying our nation. Drugs, drugs is destroying your family. Your kids, your grandkids, your friends, your colleagues, you p people that you work with, drugs is destroying our country. Gr drugs and alcoholism is destroying our, the fabric of every family uh, is affected in some way by this. And, and we just can't say, hey, here's some government money, go get well. That doesn't work. Uh, we can't say, here's the gospel and you be saved. Now, go from here today... 
and uh, never take another drug, never take another drop of alcohol. It doesn't work that way. Uh, there's a discipleship that's necessary for the grace of God to take effect in your life and to transform how you live and how you overcome. And these, these houses that you see there is uh, like a halfway house so people can learn from the, the, go from the drug program to be able to uh, provide for themselves, to take care of others, and uh, that sort of thing. And there's a group process that, that's encouraging there as well. So that support group is critical as well. It's, a, it's an amazing work of God there. The, the, the man that's heading up that ministry used to pastor the First Baptist Church in that little town. And God called him to leave that church pulpit, go down the road, and purchase this little place that you saw the cafe where, where that was, and to begin to work in drug rehab because the need for rehab in the communities of that Whitley City, Whitley County, I believe, um, was so great. Well, it's also great in Meade County. It's also great in Jefferson County. It's also great in any other county uh, in our state as well. And uh, I'm just so grateful that Kentucky Baptists are reaching out uh, through the Eliza Broadus offering to supplement a lot of the ministry that's taking place in critical places like this. You don't read about a lot of these, you don't see about a lot of these, but the transforming work uh, goes out from there to the state and the world, and it's just amazing what God is doing. So, Richard, thank you for the water. I'm full of sawdust. I went to Louisiana this week to help uh, some of the recovery down there and get some shingles out of my yard. The little house where I have our, most of our shingles blew off the house, and so we're trying to <clears throat> trying to preach today. Um, two things about the amazing grace of God I want you to take home today. Number one, God's amazing grace invites me to new opportunities. Um, if you could, uh, there's two real points here. Uh, invites me to new opportunities, and it invites me to embrace God's gracious activity. You see those up on the screen. The first one is about, and if you could just listen to me here, the first point is about what God's grace does to us. God's grace to me. And the second point really is about God's grace through me. Now hang on to that. God's grace to me has given me an opportunity, number one, to be saved from my sin. An opportunity to be saved from my sin. Uh, listen to the Apostle Paul write in the book of Titus in chapter 3 about how we were saved by the grace of God. Now he has, he has given us this scripture in Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace we've been saved, that not of ourselves, it's a gift of God lest any of us should boast. For by grace we've been saved through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What is grace? Grace is simply what God gives to us that we don't deserve. And God has supplied everything we need to be saved from our sin. The problem is we don't realize just how lost we are. The problem is people in our nation don't realize just how close they are to a devil's hell. Now, when I was in Louisiana this week, I didn't take any pictures because I didn't think it would show great respect, but you've seen the photos of the, of the trees that are on the homes of people where people live. There's only one person that actually was killed down in Leesville, Louisiana, when the tree fell on, her, fell on their house. A 14-year-old uh, passed away. But uh, in, in most houses, when the tree fell on the house, I mean, it just crushes it to the ground. 
and somehow they survived. How close in the middle of the night in 110 mile an hour winds. And that never happens in North Louisiana. Okay? 110 mile an hour wind. Trees blowing down all over the place. And how close so many people came to dying that night. Do we realize in our time and in our day right now how close people are going to hell right now because of sin? Grace has given me the opportunity to escape a devil's hell and the consequences of my sin. Listen to what Paul says in Titus chapter 3. He said, He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out upon us richly, through Jesus Christ our Savior. I hope you heard that passage because Paul taught us in Romans also that wherever sin abounded, wherever we have sinned, wherever sin ruled and reigned, the grace of God in Jesus Christ was more than enough. Here he says richly abounded. The grace of Jesus Christ was more than enough to cover all of my sin. Thanks be to God. That I am freed and I am redeemed, as Catherine so sweetly sang. That I am saved from the consequences of my sin, which is death and eternal separation from the living God. That's the, this is a day in which we live and we're so distracted by the things of the world, the temptations of the world, the um, entertainment of the world, the, the uh, fleshly desires of this world, the hedonism. Folks, we live in a hedonistic day. It's all about pleasure and it's all about me. And that's what hell is really all about. I, I don't know, for some reason God is leading me today to talk more about the, the, uh, the surety that there is a place called hell. And that God in His love has come to us in Jesus Christ and has given to us His very life that we might be redeemed and saved from a devil's hell. Oh, the grace of God. How can you describe it except to sing it? Richard said I was going to sing, but I'm not going to sing by myself. You sang with me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a what? See, that's me. That's me. See, that wretchedness and that sin, we have forgotten what it was like to be lost. Just like I had forgotten what it was like to live through a hurricane and see everything destroyed. You know, it wasn't too long ago that the tornadoes in 1974, I believe, came through Meade County. And for many of you, you're still uh, trying to figure out how did that happen. But have you forgotten how close you came to losing your own life as well? And we live in a world where people have no realization how close they are to a de devil's hell. And when people die today without Jesus Christ, they die without salvation. And it is the grace of God that says to me, I'm going to give you one more opportunity. I'm going to give you one more opportunity to miss hell. Because see, according to the parable of the rich man that Jesus gave, he lifted up his eyes in hell. People in hell, don't you come there. 
People in hell don't want either. People in hell want you to get saved. The rich man in hell said, go tell my brothers about this awful place that they won't ever come here. Isn't that amazing? People in hell want you to be saved? Think about that. Oh, in the world that we live in, uh, we're trying to do, you know, it's not just about missions, it's about souls that are lost and going to hell. And, and that's our charge, that's our call. And I'm going to give to that. I'm going to give a little more this year because I've seen with my own eyes the transformation that takes place when people are redeemed from the, from the demons of drugs and the demons of alcohol, the demons of pornography. Did you know that that's the most um, guarded secret of today is the evil of pornography? And some of you may be caught in that cycle and are having a hard time getting a, a away from it and and you need to know that the longer you stay on there the harder it is to get away from there it has a um, one one uh, study we did said told us that what it does to the brain is is more has more impact in addiction than than drugs or alcohol you say well that's hard to believe no that's what we're told that's how we're trained God's amazing grace invites me to new opportunities. One, the opportunity to be saved, and two, the opportunity to continue my walk with Christ. I love being with my brother. We, we exchange sermons down there. He said, you ever preach a sermon on the REs in the Bible? And I said, what do you mean the REs? And I said, Lord, help me to work this into today's message because this is great. The opportunity to walk my uh, to, to to continue my walk with christ see it's one thing to be saved but it's another thing to continue to walk with jesus so many people will get saved and get baptized and never come back to church again and i wonder what is your relationship to god what what is your walk how is that going and the the good news of god's grace is um i, I can be lured away from the lord by all those temptations that i named earlier all those hedonistic things that I named earlier, Paul calls them uh, life according to the flesh. That, that, that's what he calls them. The good news is for the believer, you and me, sitting here listening to this gospel that, that know the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news for us is we can be restored and continue that walk with Jesus Christ. Think about it. The new starts, the new opportunities that God gives us when we walk with Jesus Christ is given to us by His grace. Think of some words, I thought a few words that came from the Bible that started with R-E, and they all mean to restart, to, 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 to renew our walk. It's the word regeneration, that's what it means to be born again. Restore, that means coming back and being restored uh, to sonship, the, the lost son. To be revived, that's, that's a great Bible word, to be revived. To be redeemed, to, to, to repent, to renew, and to return. Uh, these are all re-words, if you will, that say the grace of God invites you and welcomes you to his throne of mercy. Remember when the high priest gave the sacrifice in the temple and he he offered the, the blood of the lamb on the mercy seat for all the sins of the people. God is offering at the cross 
a renewal for every believer that's been tempted to stray away and to say, you can come back to me and we can be restored and we can have joy again. And that's the amazing thing of God's grace. He never gives up. He never gives up. And His grace never gives out. God just keeps lavishly, that's the word He used here in Titus, richly, lavishly poured about upon us His grace. So the question is, as we think about God's grace to each of us, and the new opportunities that He invites us to be renewed, to continue our walk with Him, or to start with Him, to be saved, is to ask this question, are we going with Jesus in the life we are now living? Are you with Jesus? Have you joined up with Jesus? So often we say, God, go with me. Jesus says, what? Come follow me. You hear that? Are we going with Jesus? Oswald Chambers, you've read that book, um, my utmost for him, my highest for his utmost, my utmost for his highest. He says, watch when God shifts your circumstances and see whether you're going with Jesus or you're siding with the world, the flesh, or the devil. Are you going with Jesus? I'm glad you're here this morning. I was just, I just couldn't wait to get back here today and see you and fellowship with you, and thank God for this wonderful congregation, Equin Baptist Church. And, and I want to pray with you as we go forward together in, in the future to talk about and to think about how God is going to use this church to accomplish His mission of redemption and grace in the future, and that we would join Him, that we would follow Him and join Him in all that He is doing. So number one, God's grace invites me to new opportunities. Number two, God's grace invites me to embrace God's gracious activity in my life. God is doing a work in my life. And sometimes it's hard to see. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, we are overwhelmed with loss and grief. We're overwhelmed with our own backsliding. We're overwhelmed with uh, troubles at work and troubles at school and, and, and problems with just trying to get through life and, and, and just doing the best we can. Uh, this, this COVID crisis that we're in is just a great example, I think, of how the church is challenged to, to continue to follow Jesus and to continue to be faithful to, to Jesus Christ and, and to glorify Him in every way that we can. And the secret is this, to allow the grace of God not only to come in me and empower me, but to live through me, to live through me to others. One way God's grace is living through me is called spiritual formation of who I am and my soul. Here the Apostle Paul put it this way. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, By the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul says, if I have a reason to brag, I've got all kinds of credentials, I've got all kinds of reasons to brag. But he said, I didn't become who I am by myself. 
it was God's gracious activity on my life. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, He says, Now I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Now, I want to give you something. If you're taking notes, write this down and, and ponder it during the week. Ponder it during the week. As God forms you into being like Jesus through the circumstances that you're going through, sometimes we get confused about God's grace and we think, and, and God's activity in our life, we think, well, I've done this and I've done that for the Lord and I've done this for the Lord and I've done that for the Lord. How come I don't feel happy? How come I am not rejoicing like others? How come I'm, I'm so blue and I'm so sad and yet I work so hard in the church for the Lord? I know a lot of Baptists that have been there. You've heard me say it before. Mary had a little lamb, could have been a sheep, joined the Baptist church and what? Died for lack of sleep. You've been there. And some of you are just wore out. And some of you have rested long enough. It's time to get back in the game. And some of you are so frustrated because you've lived for the Lord and yet you feel like there's still something missing. Here's the problem. You are not embracing God's grace in your life you are trying to earn God's grace in your life think about that Dallas Willard says it this way anybody read after him anybody read his books he was he's passed on to be with the Lord now he's written several great 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 works and here's the little quote that comes from him God's grace y'all writing this now God, now I'm serious, folks. Come on. I want you to get this. I want you to take this home. This will, this will transform your life. God's grace is not opposed to effort. Paul said, I worked harder than any of the rest of them. God's grace is opposed to earning. Do you think you have earned the accolades you receive from other people? Do you think you deserve the recognition that you see others get? We live a lot of our Christian life trying to earn our blessings from God. If I've done this much for God, surely He's going to do this much for me. A lot of Christians are living with that earn it mentality. And folks, you cannot earn the grace of God. God's grace comes freely to us through Jesus Christ. Christ has ascended into heaven. How does God's grace live in us now? By His Holy Spirit. So Christ is still in us, walking with us, and us hopefully walking with Him. God's grace is not opposed to effort. God's grace is opposed to earning. The more you try to earn the grace of God, the more frustrated you're going to be. Let me save you some stress. 
let the Bible save you some stress. The grace of God is something you can only say, I am what I am by the grace of God. I have what I have by the grace of God. I've come where I've come by the grace of God. And I will do whatever God wants me to do by the grace of God. I am powerless to do God's work on my own. You are powerless to do God's work on your own. But Paul said, by the grace of God, we have not only a transformation of our soul, but also a preservation of our soul as, as well. Here's how Paul learned it. He prayed three times, God, take this, um, take this thorn that's in my flesh away from me. I don't know what the problem was and why he had to deal with it, but it just plagued him all his ministry. There was always something going on in his, in his ministry that wanted to distract him, destroy him, take away his joy. There's always something nagging at him. You ever feel like that? You, really, you ever feel like that? That there's just something nagging on you, trying to get you to, to quit serving the Lord, trying to destroy you, trying to take you down, trying to uh, uh, divert you away from what God wants for you? You ever struggle with that? Well, welcome to the Christian faith. Welcome to the following of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I prayed three times. And uh, surely if you prayed three times and nobody prayed better and more powerful than the Apostle Paul, surely God would have taken it away. And God said, no, I'm not going to take it away. He said, my grace is all you need. My grace is sufficient for you. Because when you're weak, Jesus is strong. When you're struggling... Jesus is Lord, and you'll call out to him and let him take charge of your struggle. Let him take charge of your temptation. Let him take charge of the problem that you're dealing with that you can't resolve. But by his grace, he'll get you through what you're going through. His grace is enough and more than enough to get me through this next week to get me through the rest of this day and to address whatever challenges I'm facing right now. That's our message today. God's grace to me, he invites me to new opportunities. God's grace through me, he invites me to embrace God's gracious activity. When times are the toughest and times are the worst, God is at his best. Today, if you have not yet given your life to Jesus, I invite you to come while we sing this song of invitation. I invite you to come and, and, and declare that Christ, you're giving your life to the Lord, and we'll pray with you and help you to make that, that step of faith, that next step, whatever you need to do. Or if you need to unite with our church from a sister church or, um, or a church of like faith and order, as we say, uh, we invite you to come as well. Let's stand together. Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your spirit that moves in us to transform us by your grace. Thank you, the Lord, that your grace is more than abundant. 
more than we need to get through what we're going through and to be used of you when we're the weakest, when we've stumbled, when we need to renew our relationship with you. Lord, help us to be faithful and go where you go, join you in your activity and follow you faithfully. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Akron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.